This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. For the 8 o'clock hour, we start out talking about good news. Benito Matias, Matias, sorry, Benito Matias, is the principal of Ascension um, Catholic School over in North Minneapolis. Yes, Ascension Catholic School. Two nephews that went to that school. My goodness. Um, he has worked in the field of education for over 25 years. Now, the last 12 of which has been as a school administrator. Benito's educational work has included being a Dunwoody College of Technology instructor, a Minneapolis public school district teacher, and the executive director of Metro Tech Career Academy. Now, Benito was born and raised in Minneapolis, and he's a graduate of Patrick Henry High School, Dunwoody College of Technology, Bemidji State University, and St. Mary's University, where he learned, where he earned a Master of Education degree. And he is joining us tonight. How are you, sir? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for having me this evening. It's great to have you on to hear about what Ascension is doing. My goodness, you you became principal, what, in 2016, I think? No? Yep, yep, right around that time. Uh, I joined Ascension in 2013 as the Dean of Scholars and uh, had the honor of taking over for my predecessor, who was the principal there for 29 years. So big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Um, Ascension has been known about over North Minneapolis for decades and decades. And of course, um, the children and the principals come and go, that sort of thing. But what they are focusing on stay has been the same over the years. I mean, as far as being a Christian, uh, a Catholic school, um, making sure that the children know God and understand that God is a big part of their education. Am I correct in that? Uh, absolutely correct. And it's, you know, it's awesome to be a part of, to really uh, try to carry on the tradition, as you said, uh, for many, many decades, over 130 years, in fact, uh, Ascension Catholic School and, and Ascension Parish have been on that block. And to just be a part of such a rich history uh, and what that school and that organization means to the community, it's just a, it's a blessing for me to serve in, in this role. Now, I have to tell you, it's really surprising to hear how how well you are doing um, over here in, in, in North Minneapolis. In fact, um, the question is, how in the world did one North Minneapolis grade school thrive so much? I mean, you are really thriving. What is the secret? I, I appreciate that question. And, you know, I say to folks often that uh, it's it's hard work. And the, the teachers are absolutely phenomenal. Regardless of what the technological tools are that we have or the curriculum that we use, I often say those things alone don't teach kids. Uh, The people in front of those scholars, our teachers, each and every day uh, are the ones that that, that work hard day in and day out, along with the scholars, of course, uh, who are the ones who are doing the work uh, and actually getting the the results. Uh, I say to folks that it's, it's, it's messy, and what I mean when I say that is Everybody, teachers, uh, administrators, scholars, certainly, they have lives outside of the four walls of our school. So in the midst of teaching reading and writing and math, 
people have real life challenges going on. So when I say it's messy, that's what I mean by that. And, and even though we're working hard on the academics, we also have to pay close attention to what's going on in people's lives. And, and as, as we all know all too well, the last couple of years, you know, any challenges that people have have just been exacerbated, uh, given the ripple effects of the pandemic, et cetera. And, and at the end of the day, it's about relationships with people. You know, no, no matter how hard you, you work at um, the curriculum, the math, the reading, et cetera, uh, you have to build relationships. There's, there's an old saying that kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Ah, put that on a T-shirt for me. That'd be great. I have to tell you, sir, it's really quite remarkable how the public schools are suffering. So in Minneapolis, I live in Minneapolis, so I can't speak for St. Paul, but in Minneapolis, just really suffering. And there is such a difference between a private school and a public school. Tell me why the private schools, according to the statistics, are better off for students than public schools. What is your understanding of that? Is it because they have, you know, the, the tax money goes into the public schools, but tax money does not go into private schools? You know, I, I think that's an important topic, no question about it. I was actually just meeting with a, a family earlier this week, and, and what I shared with them is that, you know, the traditional public school across the street from us, they don't love their kids any less, and we love our kids. Um, they don't they don't work any uh, less than our teachers work. One of the things that I said to uh, the family that I was meeting with earlier this week is that as a faith-based school, we're able to approach some things a little bit differently. Um, but folks, whether they're in traditional public, whether they're in charter public, or whether they're in, in private education, I think that the goal and the desire and what we want as an outcome for kids is the same, as well as for parents. Uh, clearly, the, the, the way that those outcomes show up uh, look a little bit different from time to time. Uh, but I don't think it's due to lack of caring. I don't think it's due to lack of effort. Uh, and I wish it was really just one thing because, man, I'd bottle it up and sell it and I'd retire. Uh, but it, there's so many factors that go into a scholar's education and, and the outcomes that you're referring to. Um, so I, I can't really point to one thing. And, and for us, we just focus on what's worked for us for decades uh, in building relationships with families, working with scholars, uh, and doing our best to make sure that scholars are prepared for that next journey in their life. We're a kindergarten through eighth grade school, so for us, the next stage is high school. And we want all of our scholars to have the ability to go to any high school uh, in the state of Minnesota and, and to be able to compete. So, so that's, that's what we focus on. Okay, so then if that's the case... You have already started an academy where you brought on two other schools, so it's Ascension as well as um, St. Peter Claver, and I can't remember the last of the three. Is that academy still uh, open? That's correct. So, so it's a partnership between three schools, as you mentioned. Ascension Catholic School is one. St. John Paul II in northeast Minneapolis is our other sister school, and St. Peter Claver and St. Paul is the third. So the, the three schools together uh, make up Ascension Catholic Academy. You're correct. Okay, okay. And so that has been, uh, how have you seen that change things for the better? You know, one of the things that I, I say to folks in regard to that partnership is is it's like creating a small school district in, in which the three schools came together to really leverage resources 
And so there are things that we as individual schools would not have been able to do, whether it's from a personnel perspective or whether it's from a leveraging uh, monetary resources perspective. And the three of us together uh, have allowed us to, to really maximize those resources. And at the same time, maximizing the experience of the teachers at those three different schools, of the leaders of those three different schools. It's really created a synergy for us over the, the past five or six years. And so it's, it's caused us to, I, I say, ask questions that perhaps we would not have asked in the time that we've been partners together mm-hmm. uh, and to move on um, those questions in terms of finding answers to provide the best educational experience we can for scholars and their families. When it comes to... Um private schools that have a faith um, involved, like the Catholic faith. Uh, Sometimes the parents say, wait a minute, they're trying to change my child's belief, what we've taught them since the beginning, and now my first grader comes home talking about mass. Do you offer mass? And if so, is is it mandatory for the students to participate? Great question. Thank you so much for asking that. When I meet with families throughout the school year, Um, You know, one of the things that we talk about is scholars and families don't have to be Catholic to attend our school. Our pastor, Father Dale Kurogi, has a saying that I just absolutely love. And he says, we do what we do because we're Catholic, not because they are. And and Ascension truly has come from the perspective and the lens of all are welcome. So uh, whatever folks' faith is, they don't have to be Catholic. We don't indoctrinate folks into Catholicism. Um, but we're unapologetically a Catholic school, and so we teach the Christian faith and the Roman Catholic tradition. Um, but we're also very respectful of, of different faiths that folks might come to the table with. So you have students of all colors um, from different communities, different countries? Yes, absolutely. Over the years we have. We, we serve predominantly scholars who live in North Minneapolis. So mm-hmm. I'd say over 90, 95% of our scholars live within a five-mile radius of our school. Um, we've, we've got about 95% or so of our scholars are scholars of color. Um, and in any given year, we're between 60 and 70% of those scholars are African-American. About a quarter of those scholars usually, usually are, uh, or in recent years, I should say, have been um, Latino. And, uh, and then the remaining percentage has been a mixture given, you know, whatever the, the year might be. So some from different countries, et cetera, um, but, but certainly a mix uh, of scholars that attend and, and families that belong to Ascension. There is one word that you keep repeating nearly in every sentence that you give us, and that is scholar. You know, for me, words matter. What you call the children, uh, if they're coming in school every day and you say, hello, scholar, um, or hello, scholar, Jennifer, that sort of thing, it matters. And I love that you're doing that because those positive words just kind of, I can imagine that you guys talk about why do we call you scholars. Tell us about that. Absolutely. Thank you for um, for lifting that up. And that comes really out of our partnership with Northside Achievement Zone, NAS, which is a nonprofit, of course, in the North Minneapolis uh, area, a great, great partner of ours. And, and in that partnership for the past 10 plus years, um, as we've grown uh, in that relationship, we, through that partnership, have begun to call our students scholars. And you're absolutely right when you talk about words matter. And we, we talk to our scholars a lot about uh, two things. Uh, one is that God has created them for greatness. And, and, and no matter what they are going through in their lives, they have a responsibility to live up to that greatness. But they don't have to do it alone, right? Their families, their parents, those of us at the school, we want to walk that journey with them. And then the other piece is about being a scholar 
and what that means. And, and for anybody who has either worked with kids or has children of their own, you know that you don't say something to a kid one time and that's the last time you have to say something to them. There's a, there's a constant teaching, a constant redirecting with scholars because that's how we grow. That's how, that's how we learn. And so we constantly talk about being scholars and what that means in terms of their, their responsibility, in terms of their own belief. Uh, you know, we talk a lot in Minnesota about the achievement gap and how significant it is in comparison to other states around our country. But we don't often talk about the belief gap. And that belief gap has to do with scholars' own belief in their ability to achieve and the belief that the adults that are working with them have in their ability to achieve. And so we utilize that word scholars to to help to bridge that gap. Yeah, I love it. You know, um, I have some of your statistics. Like it says, Ascension's 10-year proficiency average for eighth grade scholars is 70%. 70%. And these are children of color. That is a remarkable percentage. Um, are you trying to get to 100? And Indeed. if so, how are you doing that? How are you doing that? You know, it's, it's one of those things where um, we certainly aren't where we want to be, even though uh, we're appreciative of the success that we have had, that our scholars have had, that our teachers have had. Um, but, but we can't be complacent. We can't plateau. And every year is different, right? Because it's a different group of, of scholars. It's a different group of families. But our mission remains consistent. So there's no question about it. We continue to strive uh, for 100%. And whether that's uh, tweaking the tools that we're using, so whether that's the curriculum, whether that's the technology, uh, whether it's continual professional development for our for our staff, uh, for our school leaders, for our academy leaders, uh, always doing our best to try to improve uh, not only as people but also as educators. And as you know, it's it's a journey. It's it's not a destination. And so we continue to try to work on uh, tweaking this and tweaking that to help our scholars to achieve at the highest level. So so yes, absolutely. Uh, the North Star is always 100%, so we'll, we'll continue to work towards that. Now, I do want to say that uh, the mon- amount of money that families have to pay for that child to go to Ascension, I believe is $250 or $200 a year. Is that correct? Yeah, so our published uh, full tuition, annual tuition, is $1,400, a little over $1,400 per scholar. Um, and, and, it, and it costs, um, you know, north of twelve. $14,000 or so a year to educate a scholar at Ascension. But on average, uh, about 200 to $250 per year is paid per scholar. Uh, and we rely on the generosity of individuals, of family foundations, corporate foundations, to really help to bridge what, what is a significant gap in the average amount that's paid uh, by a family versus the actual cost per year to educate a scholar. And it's always been the position of of both the parish and of the school to not turn any family away due to their inability to pay. So we work with every family that comes to our door with regard to finances to help to make it an affordable experience for them. Once you arrived on that campus um, and you started to look at the students, look at the um, those that were in power, you know, those that uh, were the principals and you hadn't become the principal yet. I'm sure you did a, a walkthrough and kind of sat through and maybe even taught some classes. I'm just curious to know how far have you come since then? Well, I can tell you that I had an opportunity, a very unique opportunity to, uh, in essence, sort of intern or shadow 
uh, my predecessor. And I remember after the first week or two, I came back home and I said to my wife, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, you see, prior to coming to Ascension, uh, I worked at the secondary and the post-secondary level. So I hadn't worked at the uh, kindergarten through eighth grade level. Mm-hmm. And and it's very different. It's a very different world in high school. It's a very different world than post-secondary. But I tell you, after that second week, um, those scholars stole my heart. When I walk those hallways, I see myself. I see my sons. I see my nieces. I see my nephews, uh, figuratively and, frankly, sometimes literally. Um, but, but they are me. A lot of those scholars, I've had the same experiences growing up that they've had. Um, and I, I just I, I feel so blessed to have an opportunity to hopefully positively influence their lives on a day-to-day basis. And it's not easy. As I said, we all have lives outside of those four walls. And, and, and those challenges do not stop at the door. But what we say to scholars is that we don't want those challenges to be a crutch. We don't want that to prevent you from getting a great education. So while we want to be empathetic and do what we can to assist families to overcome those challenges, we also want to hold scholars accountable. So when I walk those halls, I see success. And I know that so that, that success is not going to come easy. So that um, what Ascension has accomplished, you know, doing so well, is this a model that you would take to public schools and say, try this? Even if it's not the Catholic, if they're not reading the catechism, if they're not, you know, um, accepting um, what you have as a Catholic school, but they can see how it can be used, parts of it, really important parts of it can be used in the public. There's no question. I I think we can all learn from each other. Um, in fact, uh, I mentioned NAS a little bit earlier in the conversation, Northside Achievement Zone. Mm-hmm. And in that decade's worth of partnership that we've had with them, um, you know, they have in a very unique way brought together many partners to the table um, from a number of different um, sectors. And of course, education being one of them. And one of those unique things that they have done is they have brought together traditional public school uh, educators. Charter public school educators and private school educators, and and it's interesting when we get together, we're sitting at the same table, we're participating in the same meeting. Uh, you know, we talk about wanting to achieve the same goals and wanting to make sure that scholars have the best educational opportunity available to them, and really work hard toward that. So, so you're absolutely right. There are things that that each of us, regardless of um, you know whether we're in traditional public, charter public, or private schools. Uh, that we can all learn from one another. I wish I had time to talk to you about the Minneapolis teachers that are striking, but hopefully I can have you back on and maybe we can uh, look back on those days and, you know, get your opinion of how that all happened and did it work. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Benito, Matias, and um, congratulations on having an incredible year at Ascension. You take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero 
Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.